Hello Wolves Radio, I'm Nathan Judah, providing you your weekly snippet from the latest Express and Star Wolves podcast. This week, we've got to talk about that. Ruben Neves chip. Oh my word. Incredible. We discuss it in all its glory and also rank it in the best Ruben Neves goals of all time. With the win as well, are Wolves back in that European hunt? And we finish off talking about a very interesting press conference after the defeat against Crystal Palace and Bruno Large's words about Kiana Hoover and how that went down in the dressing room. All that and more. Hope you enjoy. So it brings us to a moment and luckily enough, this player has produced some moments that I think, and I think everybody, whether you're a fan, whether you're media, whether you're managers, we look back um, when you love this game of football, you know, in, in when the, you're an old man, and some some people might say, I'm an old man at this moment in time, Kino, when they're 60, Definitely. 70, 80, and they, will, and they will remember moments of I was there moments. And I tell you what, this guy's produced some sensational I was there moments that I will never, ever forget. And this goal, for me, was right up there. It might not be number one, but I said to you earlier on, this could be number two. And he, Ruben Neves is sensational he's brilliant he's one of the best players I've ever seen live ever seen live and he's just going to get better and better now the goals he scored and the stunners he scored everyone's gone mental you know they're like outside of the box nowhere near and he's just flashed in top corner everyone's gone absolutely mental tonight it was a sublime piece of skill whereas you haven't got that euphoria of the crowd going ah ah it was Oh, oh yes. and the whole morning just went. Oh, stop! You know, and it was a different kind of 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 reaction, but almost as good because because just the skill that it took, and he knew exactly what he was doing to chip Foster, who was a yard and a half off his line, and to chip him easily. There's only a, there's only very very few players that can do that in the world. I would say something like a Kevin De Bruyne. You know, can do can do goals like that. Ruben Neves can do it, and he's executed it absolutely perfectly. Now, a lot of people should say Ruben Neves should score more goals, and he should. But when you've got the touch like that, it was it was another for me. I was there moment. You know how you described it as the ooh. Thing? It was. It was like an it was, oh. It's like um. It's like sinking into a warm bath, isn't it? Oh, yeah, with Radox and bath salts. <laughs> it's like getting into bed with fresh sheets on and just cuddling up, maybe to Ruben Nevis if you're, <laughs> if you're lucky enough. <laughs> Who needs Margot Robbie when you've got Ruben Nevis in there? Both, both got beautiful hair, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Um, it, no, was, it, it, was, was, it was unbelievable. It was, I'll very quickly mention that I was fortunate enough to speak to Ruben after, yes, after please the game do, as no? well. Yeah. So there, there, will be some, there will be some stuff coming on that in the, in the next day or two. You can give us well. a little snippet though, Liam. No, I definitely Oh, can't. come on, one. What's one? Just one line. Two I, lines. I would not disrespect uh, my colleagues or the embargo just for your amusement. I'll tell him then, shall I? <laughs> you, you weren't there. You didn't know what was going on. Uh, he said he's up there with one of his best. Okay, yeah. You leave, can tell leave, them that. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. But for you, but for you, you know that moment. That is when you're in your yeah. press box. You look around, and the players, and the, and the managers, and the, and the crowd. It's amazing, and that, those, the, those, the, those are the moments that you remember. Yeah. And me and you had the exact same reaction. Sat up there watching it. We just, we just almost could not believe what we just saw. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was oh. sublime. And you talk about, um, you know, I was there moments. Mm. 
with Ruben Neves, just to take you back to some of his other goals. Yeah. I remember where I was watching them, and I wasn't in Molyneux for them, or the, the ground, wherever they were. And I still remember where I was watching those goals on TV, yeah. let alone actually being here watching yeah. it. The Derby County uh, one, which is, mm. is obviously his number one still. It has to be number one. I was in my third year of uni, sat in a house in Liverpool watching it on Sky. I remember. Yeah. The one against Espanyol, I was at home yeah. watching it with my, with my dad um, back in Warwick. You know, it was... Um, you know, the, the, he's it's gonna, a highlight he's reel. So many moments, yeah. the fans, so many special moments, and then you see recently this week he's been getting tattoos of his favorite, favorite Wolves moments, uh, getting new tattoos, and that the the link between him and the Wolves fans, whether mm. he leaves Wolves tomorrow or if he leaves Wolves in ten years time, yeah. that link is is there. It, oh, it's, forever! It, yeah, he's written himself into Wolves history, and mm. I'll go that far as far. He's as an to icon. Say he's an absolute icon. He may never win anything as a Wolves player. I hope he does, but he may never. And he he's up there as one of the best players to put a Wolves shirt on. And and moments like that tonight is is a pleasure to be here and see that because it was absolute genius on the field and throughout the whole game as well it's not just that moment he's making 50-50 sliding tackles and retrieving yeah, the ball yeah amazing it was an he, incredible he's performance spraying passes out 50-40 yards out to eight Nori or out to Johnny and you know he is the glue that holds his team together absolutely wonderful and I, and I think Bruno said uh, you know Bruno sometimes uh, will not wax lyrical on a player mm. because he expects he expects them to do that and I think it's the opposite it, sometimes yes it is <laughs> yes um, and and he said, Ruben knows how much I think of him mm. and how much I rate him, and that he can be. And he said the best. I think he almost he said meant like top of the, the top, top of the said. top, which means like yeah. you know top in the. He's not talking the Premier League or at Wolves. No. He's talking basically he can be one of the best players in the world yeah, in world so that's football. Exactly, what he, means, exactly yeah. what he means. But at the same time, he's done it now. He's got to go now to Everton on Sunday and produce it again. Yeah. He's got to do the. He's got to. Keep on going these performances. I'm not saying score a worldly goal every week. He's not meaning that, but he's meaning dominate a game from start to finish like that more often than not. Not every week, but two of every three, three of every four, because that's what the best players in the world do. They don't just have one in four or five. They have that consistency and that aura about them where they can dictate a game. And I think he's got it. Yeah. I think he's got it and he has improved and he's got better. He's got better. And you've got to give credit to Bruno for getting the best out of him. But this guy is special. And I mean, for me, I'm, I'm trying to think, Liam, and look, you know better than me as a, as a you know, as a, as a Wolves diehard, but has there been an, a more iconic player since Steve, Steve Bull? To, to pull on a wolf shirt, are, are we getting to those kind of those kind of levels of like the, the modern the modern you know, I mean Jean Moutinho I guess has got has got mm. a chance there. But when you remember this era, um, which is which is going to go down in history, these last five six years of Fosun, and hopefully more to come. Surely after Bully, it's never, isn't it? The, the key word you use there is iconic. Mm. Um, and if you if you're going to describe it as that and use that word, I can't think of another player. Mm. There are arguments you can go back. Of course, of course, she's always and, yeah. And talk about you know even early two thousands you talk about Paul Ince and Alex Ray mm. and they, they, there's very good midfielders that have come through Wolves. But um, I feel like Bully's Bully sets has always set himself apart. Yeah. If Ruben never signs a five year deal tomorrow and stays for the next eight years as a Wolves player and goes and goes on from there, um, then then could he be could he be up there with Bully? As as number as as you know, as much of an icon. I think yeah, yes, but you have to describe it as 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 icon because of course it's very different positions, isn't it? You know, know the leading, leading goal scorer, um, and there's very there's a very different um, sort of narrative that comes mm. with with different positions and players. Mm. Uh, but if you're going to use that as a 
as the word. And if you're going to discuss him, pretend, you know, let's, let's say hypothetically he does stay for the next five years, whatever, early 30s, he's still with the club, then I, I see no reason why not. Mm. He turned up at, what, 21? It's a, just a pleasure and watching him. It's, play, it's a pleasure it watching him progress on, on this field. And like you say... He loves being here. He yeah. loves being. He loves being in this stadium. He loves being in front of these fans. He's getting tattoos left, right, and centre. You know, he's he's created a family here. It's he's he's playing. He's, you know, he's he's a mainstay for Portugal now. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and like you say, whether he is here for ten years or he moves on in the summer, you, we don't know. We don't honestly, we don't know. And I don't think Ruben knows. I don't think anyone knows because you can't say what's going to be around the corner. But what I would say is. For the fans that have come tonight, those are the moments that you should always cherish. And and for the remaining, how many games we've got left this season? Do you know, 12, 11? 11, I think. 11 games. Was. Just enjoy him. Just enjoy the spectacle. Enjoy him being here. It might be 10, actually. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy uh, enjoy yeah. him being here. Let's hope he's here for many years to come. But I think it's important just to soak everything up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't take a player like that for granted because um, he's up there. With, with, to be fair, some... Wolves players in this current team you mentioned Moutinho I'd, I'd, I'd put him in and around that conversation but Neves is up there as one of the best players I've ever seen in a Wolves shirt now I'm obviously uh, blindsided by the fact that I I'm 25 and I, you know, I didn't see Wolves back in the 50s, 60s, 70s but from my generation and there'll be plenty of people that will, will, will agree with me he's up there as one of the best players ever put on that shirt he's that good um, and just going back quickly to the the comment that you, that you mentioned um, from Bruno to say that you know I think he can be a top of the top player, but he now has to do it against Everton. It's not the most romantic um, mindset to have, and it, fans will, and me and you as well, will wax lyrical about that goal and his performances. Um, but the reality is, as Bruno says, you've now got to go and focus on Everton. After Everton, you've got to focus on Leeds. After Leeds, you've got to focus on Newcastle. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah, um, and it's not romantic. It's not um, you know. He's not going to be sat there and lauded by his teammates. He'll get a bit of a, a well done tonight. Mm. He'll get a pat on the back in training, I'm sure. But after that, they're thinking about the next game, and that's <laughs> and that mentality. I I say it's not romantic, but I like because that's how you take a team and players to the next level. Eighth, back to eighth. Well, they're, they're in eighth. They're in eighth to start the day. The day they're in eighth to start Forever to eight. finish it. Uh, Forty-three points played. Uh, played twenty-eight. So they're in eighth. They're two points behind Spurs. Two points behind. West Ham, same amount of points, same amount of games played. Sorry, it's West Ham. Spurs got two games in hand. Um, they're back in this European hunt now with Everton and Leeds to play. Now, I felt like if they didn't win tonight, then they'd been out of it. I really did. I felt like this was an important, pivotal game. Can you see Wolves finishing in their top seven? Yes. Yes, Kino. <laughs> I can see it. I like yes. it. Whether it happens or not is another one. Um, I think Wolves have got a, a better squad than West Ham. Yeah. Especially with Bowen out potentially now yeah. as well for a little bit of time. Um, I know West Ham lost. It, they lost to Sevilla 1 0 tonight, but I believe it's two legs in the mm-hmm. Europe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they have got another leg of that to focus on, um, which may you know, take, the, uh, take their eyes away briefly. Spurs, yes, they beat Everton 5 0, and they've got some. Very, very talented players and a world-class manager. Mm-hmm. But we know what Spurs are like. Bottling it's in their genes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the amount of times that they've, they've thrown things away and, and, and they'll they'll rock up and they'll lose to to a Burnley like they did the other week. They'll rock yeah. up. So I, as much as I think I, I, I think Spurs are a dangerous outfit, I, I'm not 
convinced that they'll run away with it. Arsenal, I think, are a pretty decent side and have done, and have, and have done well. I think they'll certainly be in there, and I think United most likely will, although they're they're a strange strange side. I think it really is between West Ham, Spurs, Wolves, mm. and it's sixth, seventh, eighth, and and that's how it's going to be. And and Wolves have got more than enough. Those two teams, by the way, they've beaten um, beaten both of them this season. I mean, you know, you can say the other way around as well, but you know that says that says something. And um, Wolves have got something to fight for. They, they, they've got something to go after. It's not the, the sexiest competition in the world, playing the Europa Conference League, but you'd rather play that than finish eighth and play nothing. What would be a killer is if you get seventh and then a team not in the top six wins the FA Cup. <laughs> and then and then we're going to be sat here a little bit more upset. But um, look, I think uh, even if they do finish eighth, I think it's a, it's a very good achievement this year. Um, but I think they're more than capable of doing it. The spirit was back tonight. The players were smiling. And... It's a big difference what five days can make, Liam, because as good as they were tonight, they were shocking. We've got to, we've got to go back to yeah. it against Crystal Palace on Saturday. Uh, totally outplayed. And I don't want to do a disservice to Palace because I thought Palace were fantastic, especially in that first half. However, from a team selection point of view, I felt especially they didn't really learn the lessons from, from Palace away. I thought they got bullied. And, you know, we... we I don't want to go over and over the game, but there was a moment, and we've got to talk about it, uh, in the press conference afterwards. Mm. Now, uh, Nelson Semedo is injured, got his hamstring, massive loss, huge loss at Arsenal, really. They went on to lose that game. Kijana Hoover came on, didn't really work out. You know, Wolves were back to the wall, to be honest, weren't they? And, and Arsenal deserved it. It was just a, it was frustrating circumstances. When you get to the 80th minute and you're winning a game and then you end up losing it 2-1, you can't do that. You've got to at least don't don't lose that game, especially against an inverted commas contender, I guess. Mm. The go to West Ham, they were they were really poor. They were really poor. Hoover had a stinker. Yes. He had an absolute shocker. So come back here, massive chance. Hoover picked again and he does his hamstring in. Look desperately frustrated and upset when he came off the pitch. Um, Johnny came on and we know what happened after that. You know, I think they were already winning the game and won the game comfortably in the end. So fast forward to the press conference and well, I'm just going to play what I'm going to play a snippet of what uh, I think it's about a minute and a half long of what um, Bruno said uh, about Key. And for me, I'm working at my desk uh, in these situations. I'm trying to edit fans videos and an hour video and, and you're at the front, Liam, with, with Tim Spears and, and, and a few of the other journalists. And there's not many moments I've had as a journalist where it's almost like everybody in the room stopped mm-hmm. when he started going on about, about Key. And almost like, did he just say that? And then he kept on going and going and going and really went for a player and questioned basically his professionalism. Um, and... I'm going to play it and then we'll we'll discuss it after that after that. But it, it wasn't again. We'll talk about a never's eye was there moment. It was almost like that in the media room mm. on Saturday. It really was for you know for the wrong circumstances. Here is like what Bruno had to say. If you haven't heard it, Keys also is a good example of the the young kids, the young players. They don't they they want everything happen at that time. And when you are out and your opponent or your teammate are playing. You are not training with intensity into training. You're not prepare yourselves. And after when you have a chance, this kind of things happen. This is general in football. So these kids today, especially the, I have too many kids in my team that sometimes they don't work. 
that's the way they should work. They're not prepared the way they should prepare. And after when they come inside, these kind of things happen. Because they, when they are in training, they are thinking a lot, oh, I'm not playing. How oh, I'm not playing. They are not putting. And I said to them in the, first, in, the, in the first day when I start to work with them, we are here, you need to continue to work, you need to continue to put the, the, first, the first target is work and improve. And after when they have the chances, these kind of things happen because they, they go to the limit. They go to the limit, they are not ready, they are not prepared. They have injured. injuries can happen, but this one happened because it's not prepared, because sometimes key don't work in the same intensity. And this warning is not only just for key, it's for more kids that we have in our team and they need to understand. I don't waste time with the guys who don't work hard every day to... I think to he's go. quite right. I mean... Wow. I mean, that is, mm. that is, I don't waste time with Very these tough. players. You know, these players are, are coming to me, knocking the door, saying why I'm not playing and this is why they're not playing. And, and, and really, it was a massive attack and it was a stunning, stunning moment, I think, for me in the, in the press conference. I think for everybody involved because he obviously had this, he obviously ha- had this in his head and he wanted to get it out, I feel. Now, maybe Hoover was the unlucky person in this because... I feel like if that had happened to one or two of the other players who he's questioning there, he's not just questioning Key, he's questioning a couple of the younger players. And it doesn't take a genius to work out who some of those players are on the bench. I'm going to say some of the unused substitutes um, on Saturday. I'll mention a few names, just that they were unused substitutes. Fabio Silva and and potentially, I don't know, Francisco Trincao, let's say. But what I'm saying is it could have been any one of those. He's questioning those. He's questioning the way that they prepare for games. He's questioning, you know, he's got no time for it. It was a damning assessment. And I'm trying to remember a player or a manager who's who's really gone for specific individual or questioned their attitude. It's a very dangerous game to play. Um, and the only one I could really think about is Jose Mourinho, who's really done that, who's really gone that strong. And us as media, we sometimes are frustrated at managers who don't really say anything. I mean, Bruno's predecessor, Nuno, let's be honest, mm. came up with the same quotes every single week. And <laughs> when you're winning every week, no one really cares. And the fans don't really care. And they didn't really notice it. But we'd had those same quotes for three or four years prior, but they just kept on winning. When they start losing, people are like, you're saying the same thing every week here. We're getting a bit bored of this. And I'm like, yes, this has been happening for a long time. So when a manager is honest and speaks his mind and speaks his opinion, I'm not going to be the one really to criticise it um, from a from a media point of view, but from a, a player point of view, from a dressing room point of view, from a dynamic point of view of manager to the players when the players are in the training ground and to get the best, is that the best way to approach it, Liam? It felt like a risk at the time and hearing it now and even... After winning 4-0 against Watford, it felt like a risk when you look back and, and listen to it. Um, the first thing that sprang to mind for me was the Watford, sorry, the uh, the West Ham game. And, and, and I criticised in the, the video that we did after the game to say that Bruno was too defensive of his, of his players. They were very poor. And he essentially said he was fairly happy with, with what he saw. Um, he then... You know, made it clear after the Palace game that he wasn't happy with the West Ham game. So there's obviously a little bit of a. So he's protecting his players, maybe a little bit. Uh, Probably a bit too much. And then he comes out with this, obviously on Hover and on on, on other young players. Um, Maybe it's a little bit too far the other way. Um, That's up for debate. 
you probably need to find somewhere in the middle because you know fans aren't stupid. They know when Wolves will play badly, and Bruno knows when the Wolves will play badly. Obviously, but if he's particularly the West Ham game, if you're not going to say that and analyse that in the moment, it feels a little bit disingenuous. I think that's what fans get a bit concerned about. So he's then come out and been maybe overly honest, not necessarily to the detriment of us or the fans, but potentially to the detriment of of a player because for. What is he, 20, Hover? For a 20-year-old lad who's not had loads of football, is still working his way up. Um, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. There's, there's, no, there's no other way of describing it other than he'd have gone home that night and, and been very upset. Well, knowing that, knowing that his opportunity is gone, he's got injured after his big opportunity where he could be playing for six weeks, he's had two stinkers, and then, he, and then his manager said that. Exactly. So I, I get that there's... Um, that some players need a kick up the arse and some players need an arm around them. And and Bruno will know better, you know, who responds to what. You know, I'll be honest, I need a kick up the arse sometimes. I don't want I don't I don't want a hug around me. You need that. You need that in the gym if you've got a personal personal trainer. You want someone, you know, some people will be like an arm around the shoulder if they'd want to get an extra couple of reps or, or lift a bit of weight, and someone will be like, get yourself down there, you know, in a in a military style. So so maybe maybe key response to that. Although taking any kind of mention of wolves off any of his social media um after, doesn't kind of mean kind of says to me that maybe he didn't really appreciate it too much and that's not what he wanted. Um it is risky. I think you're right in what you say. It's very risky because not only, you know, if you're if you're the players around him, but obviously Key will have a certain group of players who he's very clicky with. So if they're looking at that as well, and they, you know, is the kind of like a, you know, it's, it's very, it can be very divisive. It could be a very divisive. And actually, he said since he's he's spoken to Key and, the, and they've kind of aired out their differences, but. He says he's got no time for it, and you've got to question his future at Wolverhampton Wonders. Absolutely, has to question it. Um, and I guess when the manager's hanging you out to dry like that, if you're looking to sell a player, it doesn't really help when you're questioning his professionalism. But he said he'll get another chance. He says hopefully. I mean, the chance might come next season. It might come in a Carabao Cup. He might have to wait till a, a second round tie somewhere. You know, because John, Johnny's got the shirt at the moment, and then Nelson Semedo's coming back, and you can't really see where Key, I can't see Kijana Hoover playing before between now and the end of the season. So it's. Um, it was it was an incredible moment for me. And look, Bruno has come in. He's in his first season. Fair play to him for for going for it. But I think time will tell whether he will look back at that Bruno. Maybe say maybe I could have dealt with that maybe slightly better. So hope you enjoyed all that. For the full one hour and eight minute episode, you can log on to expressandstar.com and search for the Wolves podcast. Also downloadable at iTunes, Acast, Spotify and all good podcast platforms. And if you want to just join us, ask us a question at any time, we're available on Twitter, myself and Liam. You can find me at Nathan Judah, J-U-D-A-H, and at Liam Keen underscore star. We'll see you next week.